Welcome to this special feature-length episode of the Sustainability Research Pod, a podcast about applied research into education and sustainability. This podcast is brought to you by members of the Sustainability Research Group, hosted at London Southbank University. My name is Dr. Jaya Gajparia, and in this episode, we are discussing the assessment of learning at postgraduate level in the context of education for sustainable development. Before we begin, it's important to say that this partnership work could not have happened without the funding received from the Commonwealth Scholarship Commission. As part of their ongoing commitment to offer scholarships to students from Commonwealth countries for the Education for Sustainability MSE at London Southbank University. This partnership funding brought together myself, Dr. Glenn Strachan from London Southbank University also, and Dr. Therese Ferguson from the University of West Indies, Jamaica, and Dr. Paul Vare from University of Gloucestershire. I'd like to welcome you all to this special feature-length episode of the Sustainability Research Pod. But before we launch into a conversation about our work on the ESD assessment framework that we have developed to enable educators to identify if assessment opportunities are in keeping with an ESD approach, if I may, let's give our listeners uh, the background to this work. This partnership work has allowed us to collaboratively rethink assessment by incorporating assessment principles into learning for sustainability. So after a number of conference call meetings across, I think a year and 18 months, we designed a two day workshop in Jamaica, which we delivered in uh, 2019. The outcome of the workshop was the development of this framework for educators to use, hopefully with ease um, and without consuming so much time and energy in assessing and potentially developing meaningful ESD assessment. To capture this work, we then also went on to co-authoring a journal paper that speaks to and of the national and international collaborative process in which um, in enhancing curricula development and delivery through rethinking how postgraduate level courses can assess ESD learning. I think it's fair to say that we collectively believe this ESD assessment framework has the potential to contribute towards transformative learning by empowering educators to assess student assessments. I'm really interested in what Glenn has to say here because Glenn, you, you offer a really unique contribution to this work because you were, you're not only an educator on the master's program at London South Bank University, but you also took the course. And so you were a student on the course. I, I was, and that was quite a long time ago. Uh, and things have developed and changed in ESD generally over that period of time. I've been a tutor on the course now for 18 years. And over that period of time, the whole pedagogical approach to ESD has been explored in, in many different ways and has become a, a critical area of debate in relation to ESD. I think um, all, all learning experiences to some extent involve knowledge, they involve possibly skills and also attitudes and values. Uh, and in recent years, the whole concept of competencies has reflected how all those different aspects of learning are very interactive and make the whole process very dynamic. And as part of this research, we actually looked back at some of the competence frameworks that have emerged in recent years in relation to ESD, and in particular in, in relation to ESD in the postgraduate context. 
uh, there are quite a number of these out there and uh, we were able to really start to synthesize down what were the essential elements within these competencies for ESD. And one of those uh, frameworks relates to some work, Paul, that you've been involved in, particularly, which is around a sense of purpose. Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Um, yeah, the around a sense of purpose uh, framework was a kind of a distillation of a much bigger framework in its, in its turn. Uh, this is the United Nations Economic Commission for Europe that produced a framework of 39 competencies for educators in any phase of education anywhere in the world doing any kind of educating um, and it's, it's important to say these are competencies in education for sustainable development so they're educators competencies which is a bit different to a competence framework in sustainable development in any field but once you get that that uh, distinction clear um, the Roundup Sense of Purpose model, as I say, it distilled these, these 39 competencies and we got down to 12. Um, and as you say, that it's, it's something that you combine in many different ways and it's, it, you can write the competencies in a, in a nice table, in a matrix and try and make sense of how they all fit together. But the best way to show how they fit together was just on an artist's palette to point out that each competence in turn, you will use a different degree of that competence and combine it with another competence and then another one. Don't think of them as too, too mechanistically. Um, and so you, you kind of need to throw it, once you've got the framework in your mind, then you need to be free to start to use that framework. Um, that's why we use an artist's palette to describe that particular framework. This was something that we uh, presented. Um, I, I presented that when we all met at the uh, University of West Indies in, in Kingston, Jamaica, um, which was uh, last year. So um, maybe, uh, Therese, you could tell us a bit more about how that was um, setting that thing up and who attended. Yes, so this workshop that took place at the University of the West Indies, Mona campus in Jamaica was definitely a critical element of this this partnership work and our consideration of ESD assessment. So this was a two-day workshop, an intense period. Um, as you said, it took place 2019 at the beginning of May. So this saw, you know, colleagues from London South Bank University, University of Gloucestershire, and UWI uh, coming together in a face-to-face -face manner. Specifically, we had members of the Education for Sustainable Development Working Group at the School of Education. So there were nine of us, both past and present members in attendance. We also had some specially invited staff from the School of Education who had specific expertise in assessment because we wanted to hear some of their particular views and concerns and issues um, in relation to this. And of course, we had alumni from London South Bank University's degree program. So that was also quite useful for us. Uh, over this two-day period, we looked at different aspects. So we presented the framework. Uh, this was preceded by a general discussion on ESD assessment in higher education. So some of the considerations, issues that educators and practitioners have grappled with um, in the past. We presented the framework, got feedback from 
the various members, the working group members, our colleagues with expertise in assessment, our alumni, and basically felt it out. What was the usefulness of this framework? Um, what were the prospects of applying this framework to these different degree programs and beyond? And so it was extremely useful in terms of that discussion and reflection on these elements. We've been talking a lot about this framework, which we describe as the ESD assessment framework. Would somebody like to tell our listeners um, a little bit about what this framework actually looks like? Okay. Well, the ESD assessment framework, which we actually produced as a result of this research, has three areas within it. Uh, there is the discipline-specific learning outcomes that relate to a particular postgraduate course. There are generic postgraduate learning outcomes that uh, are certainly present in UK-based postgraduate courses. And then there are the essential ESD-related outcomes that we felt were not covered by those other two areas of learning outcomes. So just briefly, starting with the postgraduate learning outcomes that are generic to, to most po postgraduate courses, some of these really contribute to ESD learning. For example, critical thinking is, is very much there in the postgraduate generic learning outcomes. Originality and creativity is something that's embedded at, in those outcomes, along with communication skills and uh, presentation skills. And most importantly, I think, research skills central to these postgraduate learning outcomes. The research skills means that the individual student is, in a, as, is equipped to constantly review their own learning, look back at what they've done, reflect on things, and move forward with uh, new ideas that are based on, on their own personal research and so on. Now, to complement those, the things that we felt were essential to ESD but were not covered were things like the interconnected nature of the world, which needs to be emphasised, particularly through the, the concept of systems thinking. The whole issue of context in which learning takes place is really important. And that is the context in terms of both place and also time. Because from a sustainable development perspective, what may be perceived as a sustainable solution in, in one context may not be a sustainable solution in another context. And finally, and, and in some ways most interesting in these essential characteristics, which we, we put together in our framework, is this whole idea of intention and motivation behind learning, which really gets the students to reflect on why they're doing something, their values and reassess their values uh, in terms of the learning that's taken place. So putting all those alongside the discipline specific learning outcomes is what the, the ESD assessment framework tries to do. And so one of the things that we all went away and did is, is that we individually took the 
the ESD assessment framework that we developed and we applied it to our own module and courses. So Therese, I'm thinking about your course um, and, uh, you know, a newly launched course. Uh, it's a taught master's program titled Education for Sustainable Development, Global Citizenship and Peace. And it's a course where you infuse ESD in the formal and non-formal education. Can you tell us about how you have used the framework? Yes. So just to add a bit, um, firstly, to what you said with respect to the description of the program. So as you indicated, it is a newly developed program. Uh, we have our first cohort this current academic year, 2019-20. And the idea is that the program aims to produce graduates who have these various education for sustainable development competencies. And they should be, hopefully at the end of the program, able to infuse it in both formal and non-formal education. So the program has four core courses which look at education for sustainable development, climate change education, violence prevention education, and citizenship. And then alongside those four courses, students then can opt for one of two tracks, either the formal education track with its associated courses, and then the non-formal education track with those track courses, and of course, research courses, and elective module. Now, with respect to the assessment framework, as Glenn highlighted, part of that assessment framework has to do with the generic learning outcomes. And so across our core courses, our track courses, and the various research and elective courses, those generic learning outcomes are pretty much clear. We have activities geared towards students utilizing their communication skills. We have group activities where students can collaborate, um, the research skills, the critical thinking. So those are pretty much, as I said, quite clear and come across in those courses. Now, with respect to the other elements of the framework that Glenn spoke about, this was really interesting in thinking about, okay, so how do these courses contribute to, you know, the interconnections, the context, the intention? So just to give a few examples to kind of put this in perspective, with respect to the interconnections, the courses do allow for, as an example, systemic thinking. So I'm thinking about our ESD theory course as one example, which has a field trip component. And as part of that field trip, students had to explore the systemic linkages and systemic components of the particular site and the community that we took them to here in Jamaica. Um, another example is in the approaches to education for sustainable development track course where students have to develop and deliver a lesson plan and so this lesson plan it can be science social studies but it can also be math it can be literature and so this is forcing them to think about these disciplinary boundaries and the interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary connections how can a subject such as english literature 
focus on and deliver ESD? How can a subject such as math focus on and deliver ESD? So the interconnections is an important element of our courses. What about the context? So again, Glenn spoke about this notion of context and grounding students in context. So another example here would be our climate change and disaster risk reduction course. One of the assessment exercises that students are asked to do is to envision a low carbon future. And as part of that, they're not only thinking about this low carbon future here in Jamaica, but they're thinking about what about others around the globe in the developed parts of the world, in the less developed parts of the world. And so it forces them to also understand and empathize with the perspectives of others. So local context, yes, but also global context as well. And then the other component that Glenn spoke about, the intention, right? So how do we, as part of these courses, allow students to think about issues such as values, issues such as their personal individual level actions and behaviors. So again, a number of the courses that are a part of this program allow for students to do this. And I'll just use one final example, again, coming from the climate change and disaster risk reduction education course. Students have to actually undertake a carbon footprint exercise. So what are, what is their carbon footprint in terms of the transportation that they utilize? What is their carbon footprint in terms of their energy usage and all of these different aspects? And so this causes them to reflect and you see them thinking, wow, this is just me and this is my footprint. And then what do I have to do to actually change and reduce this carbon footprint as part of my global citizenship in the world. So quite an interesting exercise applying this framework to the program and to the different courses in the program and seeing how both the generic learning outcomes as well as the interconnections, the context, the intention, how those are reflected in the different assessment pieces across the program. So I hope that that, that gives you an idea. <laughs> Thank you, no, that was really good. Um, and, I, and I think that will really help the listeners to, to, to kind of put theory into practice there and, and how we, within our group of four, have done it for our courses. I know, Paul, you, you lead on the, the module title, Learning and Sustainability, a Values-Based Approach at the University of Gloucestershire. So can you tell the listeners about how you've applied this framework to that module and, and what you learned? Yeah, thanks. It was um, interesting to try at such a fine grained level. This was one module within a course. So I wasn't thinking, how does this framework apply across the programme? Um, and in doing that, uh, as, as um, Therese was saying, you've got these ESD essential characteristics that, um, which are separate from the generic ones. The generic things, criticality, originality, presentational skills, research skills, 
they're in every module and they're just there anyway. So I looked at these ESD ones and because the module is called Learning for Sustainability Values-Based Approach, um, I thought, well, this is, a, this, is, this is easy. Of course, it's going to, to fit, it's going to tick all those boxes. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, and it actually proved otherwise. Um, I looked at interconnections. Um, of course, we do talk about systemic thinking. We look for that in the assessments. And the thing about these assessments, I should say, is that um, they are, um, there's a, a presentation that you give. There's a group presentation where you work as a small team um, and you all share the grade, you share the work, you, you've got to work together on that. And you give a sort of a, a little assessment about how, how well that went. And the third is a traditional essay. Um, so in the interconnections section, we'd expect the essay or the presentations to talk about how things relate to each other and they, that's been a, a, a clear theme in the module. Under context, again, we think that's critical. We think you should be context specific. You need to think about how different, different opportunities, different solutions, particularly in education, might apply uh, to a specific context, time and place, learners, phase of education. You need to think about all those things. So that came through quite clearly. And then we came to intention. And this asks us, um, and the learning outcomes in our framework, it says there in the ESD assessment framework we put together as a team here, and was reflect upon own values. I looked at the module and I thought, well, where do we assess that? And actually we don't, we don't assess it. We don't, we don't even ask for it. The only place we asked our students about their personal values, or the only place it came through, was in the, uh, the evaluation of the module, which is not part of the assessment. It's just a thing we do for our quality assurance. Um, of course, they can speak about their values, and they do very openly in the module. But there's only one this ESD assessment framework I can see that um, essential characteristics, intention, do they reflect on their own values? Um, well, we don't assess that. And so that was exposed by this, by applying this uh, assessment framework over the module, I could see that, um, that we were missing something there. Um, so in that respect, it proved very, very useful. It, it's easily um, confused, you know, that uh, any good education is, is sustainability education. Um, but actually it showed that this wasn't all about sustainable development or wasn't wasn't hitting the right all the characteristics that one would expect to see in sustainability in a world which is considering are we being more sustainable in my discipline and here we were saying uh, yes you, you, you values are critical we, we tell you that we discuss it but we didn't assess and the other thing to say before I finish is I'm not saying we were measuring or assessing students by their but we should assess their values what we should assess though is their ability to reflect upon their values and don't want to start getting into a you know you get more marks because you've got better values than the next person but you should certainly have the the skill and the disposition to reflect on your values and that's something we weren't asking for we, we weren't assessing and glenn you teach on the uh, education for sustainability master's program with me um and and you know we, we also applied this framework to our course as well do you want to speak a bit about what we've learned certainly of course our, our course being wholly online uh, it raises uh, some challenges in terms of the, the how creative you can be in terms of your assessment procedures not having the face-to-face -face interaction although i think quite interestingly 
as a result of the present situation where a lot of teaching is going online as a result of COVID-19, there may be the technology emerging to make up for some of those challenges of not having the face-to-face -face interaction. But from, from our course, although a lot of the final assessments are primarily written assessments that are submitted, there are lots of opportunities through the learning process and the modules for these essential characteristics to be embedded. And we were able to identify things like, for example, a constant uh, theme running through our, our summative assessments on modules is the ability of the student or the opportunity for the student, I should say, to adapt the assessment task to their own context. We are conscious that our students are all part-time master students who in almost every case are also working as well. And so there is a working context which they can hopefully get some value out of the assessment by putting it into their own context and doing something which will move their own professional practice on as a result of conducting the, the assessment on the course. Systems thinking, again, is something that runs through a number of the, of the different modules. And it's really through challenging students to think across subject boundaries. So whether that be in the, in the climate change module that we have, looking at different aspects of the environmental, the social, and so on, or in the module that we have on science and culture, which really challenges the students to see things from different perspectives and different, what would have been thought of as uh, separate subject uh, disciplines. Okay, and finally, I was just gonna say briefly on it, intention and motivation, right from the start of the course, we encourage our students to be reflective practitioners, to reflect on their own learning throughout, and to try and embed that into, into the assessment process uh, when they complete a module and they are completing uh, a final assessment for a module, they are asked a number of questions through a, a self-assessment questionnaire that is um, mandatory that they submit this along with their final assessment, which gets them to reflect on how the, uh, the module has affected their, uh, their own development and their learning and so on. And that is commented on uh, by the tutor in the feedback form that goes back to the student as a result of their their final assessment so they actually get feedback on their on their reflective self-reflection in their self-assessment and and one of the things that we implemented from the back of this work um, on on our course was um, for students to and, and this was really part of this powerful way to improve dialogue in assessment between the educator and the student as opposed to it being in a one-way flow was that in their self-assessment they we also incorporated a question around what is it that they have have learned or taken on board from the previous assessment and feedback and brought it into this current um their, their current assessment port or essay or whatever and and i think that allows for that a layer of a deeper 
dialogue between the educator and and the student and we think that's worked quite well hasn't it yes and so now i'm thinking about um you know next steps where do we go from here particularly now that the world has changed so dramatically um under the context of this global uh, pandemic um of covid19 and um in terms of kind of we we, we talked about plans for piloting this framework and perhaps getting volunteers educators to to perhaps apply this framework to their courses first and foremost i think we should be uh, taking this opportunity now to review our own program again ready for the next academic year and and see what additional changes we can make this is very much an ongoing process of, of uh, learning from previous year and then implementing changes in the forthcoming year which hopefully will take the students closer to a, a comprehensive learning experience which involves their assessment uh, in terms of an education for sustainable development approach. And that's a really important point you've made there is that work is never then done it's always and, and COVID-19 is, is an example of context changing, which means that we now need to, as educators, find ways to review what we're doing in a new world, in a new context. Yes, I definitely agree um, with what you've both shared. And from our perspective here in Jamaica, that review is going to be critical for us because as indicated, this is a new program running with its first cohort of students. So we need to you know, review the course evaluations, um, probably have an external review as well, um, you know, continued conversations with the students in this cohort to see you know, not only about the assessments, but all aspects of the, the courses and the program, including the assessments. Additionally, from our perspective, so this program, when it was approved, it was approved as a face-to-face -face program. As you said, with the current circumstances and not really knowing what the future holds, the uncertainty, there's also going to have to be a review with respect to how do we now translate this into online uh, and or blended delivery, right? So, for instance, in courses where there are field trip components, what might we have to put in place as alternative assessments that can still, for instance, explore the systemic linkages and all of those other elements of the framework. So those are going to be critical from our perspective. And then in terms of the partnership, um, I definitely think testing this framework as we had discussed and as was suggested um, at our different universities, you know, within our different, within our departments, as well as outside of our departments is going to be critical. And so moving that forward, I think is going to be exciting um and definitely relevant and useful just a, another point to add in terms of the uh, covid19 situation um it's never easy to ask a, a fellow academic to consider your framework and and thinking about their own courses in relation to what you're doing we're all very precious about our own work and trying to you know uh, 
talk to our colleagues and ask them to do the favor of reviewing their work in relation to this framework. Um, never easy. But uh, because of the COVID situation, I think those issues of um, particularly context, context has changed. You know, this is not the same time as it's not just another year that's changed, it's the whole situation has changed. So you can see certainly the relevance of adding context to your assessment criteria. Um, we are much more aware now about what we're doing and why are we doing it. We're starting to ask deeper questions about what we were doing before the COVID pandemic. So the whole question of intention, of course, that should be in there. And the interconnections, of course, it's how, how all these things are interconnected and that, that comes through too. So I think there's more relevance. It's almost been exposed the relevance, the situation, and it would might make it um, slightly more, more attractive to colleagues to say, well, consider this framework and what about adding these three essential characteristics to your, to your assessment? Absolutely. That's such a that's such a, an important point, um, particularly for today um, and the world that we're living in today and all the questions that are being raised around how do we deliver education and, and, and in terms of for the students perspective, how do they get an education that they feel confident about in terms of um, assessment, in terms of content, in terms of delivery. Um, I want to talk a little bit, um, really the last kind of area in which I want to explore in this, in this uh, conversation is about collaboration and partnership working because we're all coming from this from different angles, from different universities, from different even course structures. So we've got um, the course that Glenn and I are part of, it's a distance learning program and it has been running for over 27 years um, and obviously has changed throughout that time. And then we've got Paul who's, who's running a, a module, which isn't a course, but a module in a, in, in a program. And then of course, we've got Therese's, um, you know, newly uh, uh, launched program, which is a taught master's program. So all of our courses are delivered in different ways um, and we've got this ESD thread running through them. So we've come together, we're working together um, and, you know, we've delivered this workshop. I think for me, uh, the collaboration, the partnership working has been a learning experience. And what that tells me is that as educators, it's, it's not that you stop learning, you are consistently learning. And it's, and it's something that I've experienced learning from my students on the Education for Sustainability Master's Programme, but learning with colleagues and really having the space, because often in academia, even having um, time to carve out, to speak to colleagues and work through ideas and come up with something, um, there's just not enough time. There's so much pressure that doesn't allow us to do this kind of work. So um, it's one of my first real um, opportunities to work in collaboration with other colleagues outside of my institution. And I have to say, it's been a really fruitful experience and I've joined every, every step of it. Yes, from my perspective as well, this has been professionally as well as personally a valuable experience. I have enjoyed it. So professionally, of course, it has forced me, it has forced members of the ESD working group to think more consciously about assessment and how that fits in within an ESD framework and perspective. 
Um, so professionally, it has been critical in terms of that. Personally, um, and perhaps this also touches on professionally, the, the international collaboration and just broadening. We know about sustainability issues here in Jamaica. And yes, we have a sense, you know, a heightened sense of sustainability issues around the world. But when you, three, when the three of you came to Jamaica and when you started to share, it was actually during one of the warm up, um, the icebreaker activities, we played sustainability bingo. I don't know if you remember that, but you started to share things about um, organic farming and how you engage in that, about your recycling practices, about travel, how you carefully think about where you travel to in relation to your carbon footprint and all of those personal um, actions and that personal commitment to sustainability, that was critical learning from you in, in that sense and learning about those issues in your own country context. So personally and professionally, it has been valuable to me. Um, and I think I can speak for the ESE working group members as well. And I think part of what has made it so, I want to use the word easy, if that's okay, um, is the personalities. And I think the personalities is one element and then that personal commitment to seeing a changed future, a sustainable future where the environment is protected and where social issues are addressed, I think that has been has been what has helped it to be, as I said, easy. Um, I don't know if, if the three of you will characterize it as easy, but, but from my perspective, it has been easy and enjoyable. Better than easy, I'd say it was fun. Um, it was uh, certainly enjoyable to, to do that, but uh, what's not easy is the decision to jump on an aeroplane and fly halfway around the world, because this is always the irony when you do something internationally with ESD, um, and you have to really make decide this is going to be worth it. And uh, so that was, uh, that, that was an issue. A lot of my work in the past, before I worked in higher education, was uh, in international development. So I was doing far too much flying. Um, and I thought, is this necessary now? Do I need to go to another place again to learn? And of course, you always do. Um, what was really encouraging and, and heartening at a time when we do question whether any of this is going to come to anything because of the you know, various sort of uh, failures of leadership around the world, just to find that there were people in very different contexts having exactly the same conversations, um, same concerns, same professional issues, and that we weren't alone. Wherever you go, there are people having those conversations all around the world, and you kind of need to go and join, join those conversations to realize that you are part of something much bigger than, than what you, only, you see in your own country. Um, it's about community, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're, all, you're all creating the world that, that is coming that is coming this way and, and the fact that you realize you're not just a drop in the ocean that <laughs> this ocean is composed of many many drops and here we all are um, discussing these these issues we're not alone the other thing was that we having flown over there we said right we're not going to rush back into our busy lives we did spend a couple of days afterwards writing and that's when the framework was refined and did the final design on it um, we couldn't have got that off the ground and to the point where it was ready for publication without actually taking those days to sit and write together. So just jump on a plane, go to a workshop and, and fly back. So the whole thing turned into a, quite a fruitful exercise. 
Um, so yes, yeah, so I think there's a lot to, say, to be said for it. Yeah, it was incredibly productive, actually, wasn't it? And and it, 2019 seems like such a long time ago, particularly now that, you know, since March, life has just completely changed. So anything before then feels like it didn't even happen or happen such a long time ago. But first two days was delivering the workshop and the rest of it was a residential um, writing and and thinking space that we created and um, that has allowed us to do this work and actually it goes back to that point around there just doesn't seem to be time for doing the thinking and putting the ideas together and doing the collaboration and and I think you know again I go back to that point that I made very early on at the beginning of this episode that without the funding we wouldn't have been able to do this um, from the Commonwealth uh, Scholarship Commission so um, it has been really wonderful. Glenn, did you have any last thoughts to share? I, I can only echo what people have already said in some respects. Apart from I would just emphasise that that two-day workshop for me was uh, a, a good learning journey that was really transformational learning journey in some respects. And the thing about transformative learning is that you don't necessarily know where you're going or what the outcome is going to be. And we started that two-day workshop with an idea of what the framework might be like. By the end of the two-day workshop, as a result of the collaborative enterprise of all the people who were there, um, about 15 people probably in total contributed, we came up with something that was very different and something that wasn't in any way envisioned before we started. And it was wonderful to see our Education for Sustainability um, graduates who also came along to contribute to the, the workshop as well. That, that was a highlight for, for both Glenn and I. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Research Pod. It's been an absolute pleasure. Of course, this is recorded during the lockdown and therefore we are all speaking from our homes. Uh, Therese from Jamaica, uh, we had to obviously get the time zone correct so that she could be part of this. I think it's the morning there and it's the evening here. Paul who's in Gloucestershire and uh, Glenn who's in Wales and, and myself in London. So thank you all for joining me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sustainability Research Pod. This is one of a series of podcasts with members of the Sustainability Research Group, hosted at London South Bank University. Please subscribe to Sustainability Research Pod wherever you find your podcast to automatically receive more episodes.